everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Doing all right. So I know the monthly contracts expired, so I'm sure you got a long list of stuff that you closed out of. So if you yeah. want to start going over your trades. Yeah, man. Quad witching beat everything down for the most part on Friday. But things like Fisker and Space went to the moon, man. They had hard rip rips on Friday. That was really weird because most everything. Did space? Yep. They ripped I wasn't like paying space. attention. Yeah, I think they ripped like seven or eight percent, and I was like, "What the heck?" It was weird. Man. Yep, seven point eight eight percent, and then Fisker went to the moon uh, as well. And I was like, "What are these two stocks are just cooking?" And like everything else is going in the gutter. Um, so, yep, September monthlies, man, it was a good month. It was looking pretty good going into the last week, and I was like, "All right, things are looking pretty good." I've only got like maybe one, two trades that are looking like max loss and everything else is a uh, partial loss or max profit and things worked out really well. Um, I had, let's see here, what did I do? I closed out of some stuff early. So I had a couple like one, $2 buybacks just to free up some margin because I wanted to go long on the ES futures because I was kind of liking the price on S&P 500. So I did a couple little one, $2 buybacks and freed up some margin. So those were some closing trades on like TLT, DIA, XBI. Um, actually closed out MJ at a loss. So that's one of the ones that got me. Jeez, they have just continued to die. I had a 17 put on them. Went deep in the money. So I closed that out for 180 bucks. And then XLI, I bought back for a buck. So that freed up some margin so I could go long uh, micro ES because they had been getting beat down pretty good. And I knew it probably wasn't the bottom, but the price had pulled back enough to where I was like, this is still a good price. I'm going to get in. Um, so I went long micro futures when ES, when they were at 44.51, they're now at 43.89. So <laughs> continuing to sell off. So I'm down on the trade, but. Um, Still, you know, that thing's going to work out when they kind of recover. Um, XLF, that one, that was a buyback for 78 bucks. So I think that was, that was a 37, a short call. Yeah, that was still a profitable trade because that was like an iron butterfly. Um, XOP, that one burned me. Man, I can't remember what I collected on credit on this one, but they cooked like late in the week, it was looking great. The whole time I was holding this contract, I think this is like oil exploration ETF or something like that, maybe. Uh, and they were just looking great the whole time. It's just like max profit, max profit. And then the week of expiration, like, I don't know if it was Wednesday. Let me look it up, uh, pull up XOP. They just went on a run and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this, yeah, so. They started to run up, I guess, last week a little bit, but they weren't really in danger until this week and then, or this past week. And then on the 15th, they just had a big rip, a big bull candle. And that's what did me in there. So XLP kind of got me on the call side. Um, 
And what else got me? EEM, I had a buyback, but that one was like an iron butterfly, so that was profitable. Oh, so the two that really got me on the put side were EWZ and FXI. So that's the Brazil ETF and then the China large cap. Um, I didn't go max loss on those, but I went pretty close to max loss because they were five wides, and I bought back EWZ for uh 497 and i bought back fxi for 415 so not quite max loss but they did die pretty hard and actually my original positions on ewz and uh fxi died so hard in august that i was like screw this i'm going out and selling extra puts because this is ridiculous like the way they've been selling off they're not going to keep selling off so i went out and i sold a put on ewz an extra trade for september and a put on FXI for September, and those went max profit. So that was pretty smart, I think, of me to see these things get beat down so hard and then just go out and, and sell on the put side. Um, so my original positions got me there, but then I did have a couple extra trades in that went max profit, so that kind of helped me out. And then uh, the other one was Jets. Um, I think they got beat down and maybe... Maybe they burned me in August, I want to say. So I went out and sold an extra put there too uh, on Jets for uh, September. And that one went max profit. And then uh, my GLD, my gold play, finished like a couple cents in the money. Uh, or it's about to be finishing a couple cents in the money. And I bought back those contracts for, of course, there was a bunch of stupid uh, extrinsic value in there. You know how the... Uh, I don't know if it's the market makers or what the deal is, but right near close or going into close, those contracts that are almost in the money or just barely in the money get inflated like crazy. So I bought that thing back for 18 bucks, but I want to say it was probably only a few cents in the money. Um, so after all that, all those buybacks and all that madness, I made, a, what was it, a 7.8% gain for September, I think. Yeah, nice. seven point. Yeah, dude, it was killer. So I've been winning every month until August, and then I think July was like a seven point four percent gain, and then I gave back six point nine percent in August. Things got pretty volatile and wild, so I gave back almost all of my July gains, and then I rebounded nicely in September with seven point eight percent. So yeah, I was really happy with uh, the September trades, and um, so I talked about the ES. I went long the ES. Uh, micro futures because they were beat down pretty good and a couple other trades I got into on Friday um, I think it was early before Fisker went on that uh, big rip I think they were up a few percent or pretty good I bought Fisker shares because so I was just kind of looking at their chart and I was like man they have been getting beat down for a while let me see when they uh, made that run to 20 last well, and they still have that price target of like $800 or whatever Goldman Sachs said. That's what I was thinking. So I'm like, well, 12 bucks is pretty good, right? Um, so they went up and hit that 20 back in late June, and that's when I sold them. I think I had 100% gain swing trade on them. And since then, it's been pretty much just a slow downtrend, except for that stupid little surge because of that Morgan Stanley uh, price target that everybody got faked out on uh, right before they – uh, announced the $600 million share offer or whatever it was, but it's been pretty much a downtrend. And I was just like, these guys are also approaching 
um, the 12 level. And the 12 level looks pretty important to me because back in April, there was a big sell-off going on and they went down and touched that level or rebounded off of it. And then they came back down and they just couldn't hold out uh, during that May sell-off. So they kind of dipped below it. But then they broke back above it after that May sell-off and they have been above that level for a long time. So I'm kind of thinking that level could be pretty important there. And you actually go back all the way to November of last year, that's pretty far back, but there was a point where it went up and rejected that 12 level, sold back off, and then had some insane bull candle that ripped through. So I could see them selling off a little more, but I also could see them popping because, I mean, this thing has been selling off for, what, three months or something? So, um, yeah, I was just like, eh, 12 bucks, that's a pretty good price for me. They might keep selling off, but um, eventually I think they're going to recover and do good. And then another one we were talking about was X because they made that run up to 30, I think, and they have been dying pretty hard ever since. And the thing that really made me go long X was Friday's candle. It was so ridiculous. Like, They've been selling off, but I mean, they haven't had any 8% dumps like Friday. And when I saw that, I was just like, this is just stupid. Everybody must just be, you know, piling in, like, let's see how much we can drive this thing down in one day. Because like, that's, I mean, they haven't had a candle like that since like mid-June or something. So um, yeah. that was it, another one. The reason it, it sold off, if you looked at the news and I sent you the article and I, when I saw the article, I was like, that seems bullish to me, uh, like they're opening up a new fa- uh, new foundry mm-hmm. to produce steel. But the investors saw it as, okay, they're going to, I don't remember what it was, uh, like either $3 million or $3 billion. It's, you know, quite a bit of money that they have to put up for this factory. But it's like, it's not like they're burning it. They're literally making a uh, new foundry to produce more steel. So, you know, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that, that candle to me was... It, like an idiotic reason to sell off that hard like i could see them going down a bit but right. i that's why i went long too is it, this massive sell-off off the news that they're opening up a new foundry to make more steel which is what the company does and you know you have an eight percent sell-off off of it doesn't you know i'll take it seems like a deal to me yeah i don't know if it was just they've been in this fat downtrend and they started to sell a little bit again and then everybody just uh, yeah i don't know if it was them following the markets or what the deal was but when i saw that i'm like geez dude the buyers are probably going to step into this thing on monday and you know it's going to recover a little bit but on the daily they're almost oversold they're like 35 on the rsi so they've only got five more points to go before they're in the oversold range and if you look at their chart on the daily for the past year, they've never hit oversold. Um, some stocks like Space and Fisker have dipped, you know, 30 or below. X has not been there. This is actually the lowest they've been on the RSI in the past year. So I'm just like, man, I, I know how they move. Like you and I watch them a lot and they make these crazy swings. They gap up, they gap down. Um, just when it looks like they're going, you know, into the trash can and the gutter, they're going to go to zero. There's this like crazy bullish and golf candle just comes out of nowhere. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to take my chances on these guys. 
So that was another uh, long shares that I went. And then just now when we were talking or right before we jumped on uh, for this podcast, I was looking at the Dow Jones micro futures and they are pretty much oversold as well. I mean, if you look at their chart, geez, they've had an ugly dump um, heading into quad witching and they're about like X, they're on about 35 or so or 36 on the RSI on the daily. So I could see them selling off a little more, but most likely not because I'm kind of looking at um, this is the December contracts here, but let me pull up DIA. I want to see. Yeah, in June, they hit that oversold level and that's about it. You got to go all the way back to at least for DIA October of last year so they don't really hit the oversold level ever so seeing them you know this close to the 30 line i was like eh, i'll go long now they might sell off a little bit more but um they're gonna have to start bouncing back pretty soon nice yeah i just while you're talking about futures so everyone this is on record i mean you were talking i think this was the beginning of this week or last week but I sent you my price predictions for the indexes. And I said, I think SPY is going to 431. I think DIA is going to 344, which I believe it dipped under. What are we at now? 342. So it went below my price target. I thought they were going to sell off too. And I think QQQ needs to die off to 358 before I'm going to be happy. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember we were looking at it and then like things seemed to want to rebound and you and I were talking about it. And we we're like, ah, we're only going to get a couple percent dip. And then, yep, here we are Sunday night and things are still selling off pretty hard. So, yeah, good call out on the uh, three indexes there. Yeah, well, not yet. Everything in the freaking tech sector needs to die. Yeah, definitely. That's in queue above 15,000. I want to see them go down to like 14.5 or something. I'd be happy with that on the NQ futures, but probably not going to happen. Yeah, it's so <laughs> QQQ is so ridiculous, man. Thanks, Elon. Cool. All right. Um, that's about it for me. Okay. I didn't have a lot of stuff. Let me pull this up. Um, well, I'll start off with my AMC. So I had the AMC swing I was doing, and I'm not, you know, sorry, boys, I'm not a freaking ape. I'm not diamond hands. That ain't me. It's not my game. But if I see an opportunity, I'll take it. So I did a swing trade on AMC for a nice 10% gain in, I want to say it was like four or five days I held. Uh, hit my stop. I got out of it. And then I knew when I got into it, I'm pretty sure I I text you or it might have been even in a video that I had made on the uh, on the YouTube channel. I said, hey, I, yeah, I'm not real sure about this. I should have waited for confirmation. And uh, the price point I got in at was garbage and ended up selling off super hard. And I put my stops in and I didn't make my stops good till cancel or yeah, good till cancel. And AMC just freaking blew through it. And I thought I was out of my AMC trade. I was like, well, whatever, I'm still up like three percent i think it was going to be had they hit my stops and it just kept on dying and i'm like why does it say my pnl is this i looked it up i'm still long shares amc uh 
So that's one trade I get into was that swing on AMC. I'm still holding shares. Now I have a good till cancel stop in where if it hits it, I'm going to lose a little bit of money on uh, AMC overall and the few trades I have in on them. But uh, better than that thing hitting zero when they go bankrupt. Uh, A new trade I got into was I sold a call spread on EPD. And they're making a little move higher. And I'm still... You know, it's looking good. They don't make massive moves typically, so I feel all right with that. I want to say I'm – let me see, hold on one second. Come on. They've had some ugly price action in the short – well, kind of long term, back to June when they hit 25 and a half. Jeez. EPD? Yeah. Yeah, that it's – like it looks like it's consolidating now, but they'll make some stupid moves. But yeah, they're trading under the 200 day. They're trading under the 21. So I like them as like a bullish play. Uh, right now I'm down, you know, less than 1%, le- less than half a percent actually. So hopefully it continue to die. Um, what else? Oh, no, no. Sorry, I'm up 53% on that one. I'm looking at EWZ, which is another new trade I get into. Uh, so yeah, EWZ, a, a while back when you, sent me that trend line you drawn on them on their weekly chart. Uh, I've been keeping an eye on them recently and they sold off right to that, uh, that trend line on the weeklies. So I went long, uh, just went long shares them. So hopefully they can rebound off of that. I'm not liking the way futures are looking right now. So, you know, cross your fingers. Everything stays afloat. Uh, what else did I get into? Oh, one thing I did that I, I typically don't do, I don't like staying in a losing trade. And I had a long call on XL that I've been trading for quite a while because I just have monthlies and I was holding on to this call and it was, I bought it deep in the money. So I'd get, you know, a nice kind of, uh, not dollar for dollar, but a better move than, you know, buying it out of the, the money option on them. And They've been selling off, then they'll rally, sell off, rally. And I was thinking about just exercising it since it was in the money anyways and uh, getting the 100 shares. Then I thought, all right, I'm going to give it a little more time. I'm going to see how much I can, how much it would cost me to roll it. I knew it was going to cost me some sort of a debit. Uh, and it ended up costing me, I think it was $12 to roll it into next month's expiration. And I'm really glad I did because on Friday, that a fat, I think like 5% rip. And I made back all of that money already that I had put into it uh, for the roll. And I'm still there, like right at the 650 level. That's just, I don't know, they, they either make a big move up from it or sell off from it. So hopefully you start uh, kind of moving up. I like the company. The company's cool. Um, I like what they're doing. So, you know, like I said, hopefully they can make a move up. One trade I got into, actually got into three trades on Friday. I bought the what was this? Oh, the uh, twelve call on LUMN, which is Lumen Technologies. I was just going through uh, kind of things that I had talked about on YouTube before and made some videos on, and I noticed I hadn't made a video on Lumen in a while. So I pulled up their chart and I was like, "Oh crap! This thing looks like it's ready to pop." Mm-hmm. So ended up uh, Friday morning. I went long that call and I. I don't know what they do you have the chart pulled up I do so they were um selling off for a while 
looks like early to mid June. It's pretty much a beat down, and then they hit like 11 once, and then they came down and touched 11, 28 again. And since then, yep, it's been an uptrend for sure. They're uh, closed at 1294, up 1.5% 1 on Friday. Yeah, I had um, these price levels drawn, and they had been trading since, uh, what is this? Since the beginning of last month. Mm -hmm. in between these two channels they couldn't break out either way so i had yeah uh i didn't even set an alert to it but just me thinking okay i'm gonna make a video on this i saw that they were just broke through and i was like oh well time to go long mm -hmm. and now that uh that price level of about 1250 is looking like it's acting like nice support for the past like three days or the three candles mm -hmm. so hopefully it holds up i'd like to see a nice rip but they are in a like beautiful uptrend things in a like low compression squeeze right mm -hmm. now so i'd like to see this sucker fire to the upside yeah i see eight what 11 days on the daily it was squeezing and then it fired this is like the third bar above the zero line that it fired so um yeah you see last time uh back in may they only squeezed for like four days and then they fired to the upside and then they went on like a nine or a 10 bar run <laughs> like the bars on the TTM squeeze kept getting bigger and bigger. So they went on a big rip. I mean, they went last time they fired here, they were trading around 14 and then they went all the way up to like 1550. So they made a nice move. Um, and then with all that selling pressure and that's, that was pretty much it. When it peaked on June 9th, it's just that huge sell-off down to like 11, 11.50. So yeah, I could definitely see them making a rip back up and they've had so much selling going on uh, since June that yeah, it looks like then it's time for them to be cyclical and start pumping. Yeah, hopefully I, you know, before we started recording, I was telling you I might be screwed if things keep on selling off like I, I thought they would, mm -hmm. because I only have one position that's a bearish position. Everything else, I need crap to start ripping, and that's a, st a really stupid way to have your portfolio for any amount of time. But you know, hopefully it's a very small, you know, sell off. I think the the indexes are about ready to rebound. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I can just hold on to these shares and uh, this one's well, this when does this call expire? Yeah, it doesn't expire for two months. So I have time yeah. to let it rebound. But, you yeah. know, it's kind of a dangerous way to have your portfolio set up. Yeah, if you got a few months, you should be good. I don't honestly, I don't see the like you're saying spy and Dow getting beat down for too much longer, but yeah, tech needs to die for sure. But I just don't see the indexes in general getting beat down too much more. Kind of seems like last time too, in late June, that's when Dow went oversold. Um, I think Dow futures and uh, DIA hit oversold. And then geez, as soon as everything expired on quad witching, it was just a rip. Like everything started pumping super hard. So yeah, I would think like general market weakness or whatever isn't going to go on for too much longer. And then, you know, stuff like XL or Lumen. Uh, sorry, you were talking about Lumen on this one with a 12 call, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they had that big rip on Friday 
kind of like Space and Fisker. So they seem to not care what was going on in the markets. So that's kind of a good sign, you know. You see most stuff like the indexes and a lot of other stocks getting beat down. And then they were just cooking and doing their own thing. So, yeah, um, even if there is some more selling going on this week, uh, they might just be doing their own thing anyways. Yeah, I hope so. It's like uh, Palantir. It's another trade I didn't get into. I'm probably still going to go long because I've been making the you know update videos on the technical analysis and everything. I was waiting for that sucker to get above that 2750 level. And I didn't even, and I set an alert, but I didn't have a buy order for it. So like I got the alert, I was, you know, at work and I just like swiped it away and they just been on this massive terror. And now I guarantee you that 2750 level acts like beautiful support. So I might go try and sell uh, puts right at that. Yeah, I see that they're right at oversold level right now at about 70 so yeah maybe they pull back or die off just a little bit down to that 2750 and then start to pump again all right you want to uh go over this week's topic now yeah for sure so um we just want to talk about one of the important aspects of options contracts um things that affect the price and uh we're discussing before this podcast you know what we're going to talk about and we wanted to go with some of those greeks or one of those greeks and we decided to talk about delta in this episode it's definitely one of the options greeks that i use Um, it's actually my main one it's the main greek that i use when i want to get into a trade when i'm looking at the options chain and i'm trying to figure out you know What are my probabilities and things of that nature? Uh, Delta is definitely the main one I use whenever I'm going out and putting on any kind of an options trade and I'm really heavy into the neutral strategies. Delta is like super important to me. And the reason why it's very important to me um, as a neutral trader, most of my trades are being neutral it's because it roughly translates to probability in the money at expiration. So if I pull up my favorite ticker, man, space, Virgin Galactic, and I go to their options chain, like let's say I'm putting on a lot of stuff right now for November, so I'm starting to build out my November positions. Let's just say I wanna take some type of high probability or kind of a neutral trade I'll go to that chain, November 19th expiration, and I will look at stuff. Um, I'm pretty bullish on space right now, actually. I've been getting beat down so hard lately. I might want to go and uh, sell a put on them, thinking that they're going to blast off from here. And uh, Delta is like that main thing I look at, and it's that translation roughly to probability in the money at expiration. So if I'm like, well, space is hasn't been between the 23 level really they've been selling off pretty good lately and consolidating and i don't think they're going to go below 23 so i'm going to take a chance on selling the 23 put so i go to that 23 put on november 19th expiration and i look at that delta and it shows that delta as a negative 0.28 so it's not an exact translation but it's a rough translation to probability in the money at expiration So if that thing's got a probability of roughly 
28% of being in the money, that's got about a 72% chance of not being in the money at expiration. So I definitely like that trade based on that delta because it's about a 70% chance. And that's typically what I like is to put on trades that I have about a 70% chance success or you know taking max profit. So I'm gonna pull up, I have right now the Delta Gamma Theta Vega on the chain right now. Let me see if I can pull up the prob out of the money here. So that 23 put, yeah, so actually prob out of the money, 59, well, that's a little bit different than I was thinking it was gonna come out to be. It's showing it as 59.83%. That doesn't quite translate to uh, 28 delta. So actually, yeah, I'd probably go a little further away from the money on that. The 22 put is showing a prob out of the money of about 65%. So that's kind of more in my range there. But taking a look at the delta, it generally gives you an idea of what that's going to translate to. So typically, if you see something around like on the put side, a negative 0.3, you know, it's going to be around a 70% chance. Um, when I'm looking at the options chain, that's the first thing I look at delta because that kind of puts me right in that region um, of prob in the money or prob out of the money. And then I kind of know where I'm going to look. So in that case, I might go down and look at that 23, be like, hey, I want to sell that put. And then uh, I'll look at that probability out of the money at expiration to see if it's something I really want to take on. So in this case, I was looking about maybe the 23, but if the prop out of the money isn't quite where I want it, I might go, you know, a strike up or a strike down and, uh, you know, try to get something that's kind of in my wheel wheelhouse, which is maybe about 65, 70% chance of uh, being out of the money at expiration. So that's definitely, when it comes to Delta, uh, that's the first thing I look at when trading options. Yeah, using Delta as the probability of being in the money is definitely like the number one way that I use it uh, as well. But Delta also represents the uh, contract price, how it's going to change if the underlying changes $1. So say you buy a call that has a 60 Delta, then that means that, you know, like space you were talking about, it goes up $1, then your contract's going to go up 60 cents. So that's why typically if I'm going long any contract, like if it's a put or uh, a call, I always go pretty deep in the money. I won't go anything above 70 Delta because it's just not worth it. Uh, it is good. Uh, that's why I like options is because it's so leveraged. You can, you know, you'll use a lot less capital uh, to basically represent 70 shares, but or 70, shares, 100 shares, but you're going to, you know, not see that full dollar for dollar move, but it's going to take up a whole lot less capital. So, you know, like I said, that's another good way is to know that, you know, I, I know a lot of like new option traders, they're like, oh, I'm going to buy a call because I think this is going up. And then, you know, I got space on my chart right now and they'll say, okay, well, this uh, October 1st contract at the uh, what strike is 28 strike is only 70 bucks. So I'm going to buy this and it's a 29 Delta. So it's not like, it's not even in the money. So all of that is extrinsic value. It's not worth crap. And they're just buying it because it's kind of cheap. And that's one thing that I see a lot of people 
and you know one of my youtube videos someone was talking about doing that i'm like dude that's the worst way to do it is like if you're if you're if you think something is going up then i would go deep in the money yes it's going to cost you more but you're not paying for all of this extrinsic value and if you know the delta then like the way you were talking about it you know the percentage that it's going to be it might be in the money so you know you're just kind of rolling the dice and anything that's out of the money so you should always look at the delta to know how your contract's going to react and uh, we're not going to talk about it but theta is a huge thing too with buying out of the money uh contracts but yeah delta i think the way you were talking about it is like the most important thing is knowing that that's kind of the percentage or the yeah the percentage chance that it's going to be in the money because buying out of the money stuff typically doesn't work very well on the, i mean you got to have a fat move in whatever the under underlying is to actually be profitable in them yeah definitely it's good to know like you're saying the pricing like um you know if you're going out and buying that call like let's just say you know like you were saying it's a 60 delta or something it's good to realize that hey if the stock price moves up one dollar I'm not actually going to see that full dollar gain. I'm going to see a fraction of that. Um, so it's definitely good to know that aspect of it as well. And um, yeah, the whole thing about out of the money options and extrinsic value. I've, you know, I used to buy some calls and stuff and sometimes I even bought them in the money. And I kind of just went to the point where I started to buy uh, shares because I was just like, man, I just don't want to pay that extrinsic. I know before I've like went and bought deep in the money, like 90 Delta calls where there's like hardly any extrinsic. So I felt a little more comfortable with that because there's like hardly no extrinsic value in the option. Um, but yeah, that's a tough thing about buying out of the money options. And then, you know, we also know just the statistics related to out of the money options you know most of the time they expire worthless in expiration so it's like it's hard to you know unless you're really good at predicting the move it can be hard to make money on those um holding them through to expiration now if you can get a nice move beforehand and there's plenty of time left and like theta doesn't kill you then you you know you can always dump, dump those contracts early and stuff uh, but for me, for sure, I haven't had a lot of success, uh, you know, buying out of the money options. I've had more success selling them. Yeah, it's definitely the better strategy is selling them. But if I if I look at something and I think this thing's about to pop, I don't feel like putting either, you know, the full capital into buying 100 shares. Then, you know, I definitely buy I'll do 70 Delta calls all day. Mm -hmm. won't do anything under that it's not just not worth it for especially you know the move like we were talking about you know why am i going to buy this seven delta call it's going to move up seven cents every dollar that space moves up <laughs> like it's just not worth the capital and uh another thing why i do deep in the money stuff is if i'm bullish on something if it's deep in the money then at expiration i can just exercise it and take the shares and then you know I'm bag holding. I can sell calls against it and, you know, run the covered call. So it's like running the wheel. Yep. But if you're doing this like out of the money stuff, you're just screwed. If it's out of the money, you just wasted, you know, whatever the capital was on it. Yeah. I feel like if you want that lottery ticket kind of a play, 
you know, than whatever. If you want to throw a couple bucks at it and like, you know, it's super far out of the money and like, you know, the chances are extremely low that it finishes in the money. Like I'm looking at October 22nd on space. Um, I guess it's the furthest strike right now that you can trade. It's the 40. Um, it looks like about 14 bucks you can sell or buy that for. It looks like I might have a mid price of about 14 bucks, but it's got um, probability out of the money of 97%. So <laughs> that's like pretty bad, but it only costs you 14 bucks. So, I mean, if you think or if you want to gamble and be like, well, maybe space makes its next run to 60 bucks before October 22nd or by October 22nd, I feel that's more of like a lottery ticket play. But, you know, if you're really gonna, you know, put some capital into it and really, you know, you're confident in the move, then like you're saying, you'll go deep in the money, you'll go 70 Delta, 80 Delta, something like that. So um, yeah, definitely a very important number when it comes to options trading yeah and uh you guys definitely make sure you are subscribed because we're going to go over uh the other greeks at one point we might skip weeks and you know cover whatever topics we want to go over but we're definitely going to go over like the big four greeks and the next one's going to be theta because theta is a freaking another one that people don't understand when they're buying out of the money stuff that's why i make money every month man theta yeah. And and stuff being out of the money, dude. I love selling out of the money options. But um, yeah. So was there anything? Actually, you uploaded a video, so probably that's going to be some of the stuff you're keeping an eye on this week um, for potential trades. Uh, kind of. I was just. This was kind of a. Um, I don't know, like a a test run. I didn't really didn't wasn't looking at a lot of stuff i was just going through and showing how i trade um there was a few things i talked about and one kind of uh struck me as a trade i might get into like a shorter term trade and the way i trade if you guys go watch the video on youtube uh you'll see all about it and it was like super long didn't mean for it to be that long but i was kind of showing my setup and uh going over how you can uh what websites to go to if you like the way that I have my market watch tab set up, but you know, every Sunday after that, it's going to be, I'm just going through like every Sunday where I'm just hitting my scanners and I'll, you know, click on something. And, you know, once you get used to it, you're, you click on something, you see the chart, you're like, okay, I'm going long, going short, not touching this, not touching this. And it's like a super quick process. So that's like every Sunday I'm do kind of like a, a prep for before market open like that. So, one of them that I was looking at was uh, LVS, which is Las Vegas Sands. And why was like I was kind of bearish on, and I still am overall bearish on them. But I saw some news last week that uh, somewhere in China, I believe, they started some crazy new regulations on uh, casinos, and MGM got smashed, uh, LVS got smashed. Like any casino that's over there, their stock price just ate crap. That's, that's that gap. That, yeah, that's that's when the news story <laughs> came out. But I was looking at Las Vegas Sands, and they made this. They're making a nice little rally up, and they had you know they were up almost two percent on Friday. Mm-hmm. But if you look at MGM, they ate crap for another like two percent on Friday. So 
I think that, you know, short term, I think Las Vegas Sands is going to make a run up to around 41 bucks. Mm-hmm. But long term, I'm still, you know, if you look at their chart, they're just in a fat downtrend. They did have that rally uh, like this month. But then, you know, that news came out. They had that fat gap down and just kind of sitting around. So I think, you know, short term, they'll make a run up. But long term, they're probably going to, you know, continue to die off. Uh, what else did I look at on the video? Yeah, when that's what it was. W or sorry, yeah, W Y N N. They're the other casino company that ate crap, and they just wins <laughs> just not stopping. They're just continuing to die. Yep, they die down there like you're saying. Well, you know that's weird. They gap down probably on that news, and then the next day they gap down again. Whereas, uh, what was the last one? LVS. Yeah, LVS, where that one was like, well, they gap down a little bit the next day, but not like when. I mean, that's just like two hard gap downs. And then they're still right at the oversold, right at 30. So, yeah, man, that's crazy. Even before then, they were below the 30 line on the RSI forever. And that is an ugly, (laughs) just some ugly selling, man. Like they were so far away from the 21. It's like, geez, what is going on with these guys? Um, one more. Actually, what was it? Oh no, EWZ's on my uh, twenty-one EMA bullish or bear bearish scanner. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor guys, man. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm just looking at like the chart, and they've been under the zero line on the TTM squeeze, like forever i mean they kind of made a little bit of run up to the zero line recently and now they're ripping back below it so um yeah it's just i don't know i just don't see them staying down there that like that much longer they were in late august they actually got oversold super hard and then they made a decent little rally up to the 21 but then as soon as they hit that 21 bam gap down and you know, more selling. So, um, yeah, I'm actually thinking about that. I'm probably going to go out and sell another put and put an extra trade on for October because I just don't believe that they're just going to keep going to towards the zero, you know? Yeah, that they could definitely keep selling off of the market in general. Mm-hmm. Is there, uh, what, Brazil? Yeah, Brazil. Yeah, so well, basically the world, everything trades similarly so if <laughs> our freaking stock market starts eating crap so those brazils yeah they just look like they're just trashed so much that it's like yep i'm gonna keep selling puts and eventually these guys are gonna rebound all right um yeah there's a couple more but if you guys want to see those go check out the video on youtube uh it's called the weekly watch list like i said gonna do it on a sundays and uh Maybe we can figure out a way that we can do it together sometime if we're both available and have our computers. I don't know what the hell, what kind of software we'd need to have both of our screens recording. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you can figure out you're the tech guy. (laughs) Yeah, right. uh, Or maybe we can just do both of our cameras and then one screen and, yeah, we'll figure something out. I'll hold my phone over my shoulder. 
cool. So yeah, for me, definitely those extra trades. I want to get on an extra put on EWZ, an extra put on FXI. Um, I'll probably look at my September stuff and see if there was anything else that made a big move to the downside. But right now, I can't really think. Oh, MJ, geez, those guys are just getting trashed, been getting trashed. So I don't know. Maybe I'll go sell a put on them, too, because they made a big move down uh, for September. So um, I think I've only got two positions on right now for November, So um, which is like ARKK and ARKG. So I've got a lot of stuff to look at uh, coming up this week for November, like been trading like things like DIA and EEM, uh, also gold stuff like GDX and GLD. So yeah, I'll have plenty of tickers to look at this coming week to get some new trades on. Okay, I'm tripping out, man. I just pulled up EWZ and that trend line that I had drawn off. They died below it, right? Yeah, but on my phone, it shows they're right at it. <laughs> but on... It's like the, a discrepancy or something. But on the computer, they fell below it, right? Yeah, on the desktop, they're yeah. way the hell below. I don't know why. Dude, if I'd have known that, I would have went long. Oh, my God, I need to sell my shares ASAP. Uh, yeah, they're on the weekly. They're at like 39 on the RSI, so they can definitely go some more before they hit 30. The only time they went lower in the last three years than that was Corona crash 2020. So I just have a hard time believing they're going to go down and test those levels. But yeah, I was looking at that too just now and yep, they died below that. So you think you're going to exit and see if they bought them out. I'm thinking on the weekly here, there's a important level around 30 well, on the daily, that like 34-ish level, mm -hmm. they had tried and tried to go underneath it. that like four times and then rallied up, and then now they're below that. <laughs> yeah. So I want to see where the hell support comes in because right now, dude, why is that is really weird. On my phone, I'm looking at it right now. Mm -hmm. It's right at that trend line, and the trend lines are supposed to so like exactly. if I draw it on the computer, it's going to show up on my phone exactly where it's at. But I'm going to sue the sh I'm suing TD. <laughs> it's like, That's oh it. yeah, good. This trade's working out exactly how I want it to. And then you get on your computer and it's like, whoa. You know what it is? Manipulation. Manipulation. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm sure the hedge funds hacked into your computer and or your phone and you know, manipulated the trend lines, right? I'm losing money. They must have. Somehow, my did, fault. somehow did it in the dark pools. I don't know, man. Uh, what about the 32 level? What do you think about that? Because back in March, they went and touched that and then kind of rallied off of it. Yeah, 32 looks good, too. Um, yeah, I wouldn't see them going below 30. Yeah, that's been that's... like they had that fat sell off to just above 30 and then never went below that. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm thinking 32 is probably going to hold. But yeah, if it dips below that, then 30 is definitely if it goes below 30, then it's like the next God. economic <laughs> crisis because like that's ridiculous. <laughs> We're going to test Corona lows. I mean, March 2020 lows of this thing goes below 30 so 
I have a hard time believing that's coming, but we shall see. Did you have anything you were looking at? No, just those normal tickers that uh, since I only got ARKK and ARCG on for November, I've got to go through. But I definitely probably this week, maybe even tomorrow, just going to put on all those extra trades like, uh, what is it, EWZ put, a FXI put, and then man, maybe an MJ put. I don't know, I have to look at the pricing on them. But yeah, I probably want to go get those puts on tomorrow. And then start to work through uh, my other stuff like EEM and uh, GDX. You know what? That's another one that made, because that's gold. So that's another one that made a fat move to the downside really late towards expiration. So yeah, probably going to go sell another put on GDX um, for November. And then probably keep playing the put side of gold for now. Yeah, God, I wish gold would rally. This is ridiculous. It's just, yeah, it's weird. The indexes sell off and then gold sells off. It's like, geez. Yes. <laughs> People lose confidence in stocks and uh, they lose confidence in precious metals too. I don't know. Seriously, and Bitcoin, like all the things that they say, oh, we'll go, you know, if things start selling off, go get into this. It's all selling off. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I kind of okay. noticed that too a lot lately. Like a future sell off in the evening, I'll look at crypto and it's selling off. And it's just like, what? How does that even? <laughs> Why are these things in sync? Because apes. It's got to be the reason. Or manipulation. It's manipulation, like dude. Manipulation. Of course, it's manipulation, dude. Hedge <laughs> funds are really playing games with crypto and gold too. So. <laughs> All right, man. I did have, well, it's not even uh, big news, but, it, well, me and you spoke about it. Uh, we are trying to get a guest on the podcast soon. It's another YouTuber. Uh, kind of saw his videos and liked it, so hopefully we can get him on soon. I know he's going through some stuff right now, working on that. And we're also talking to an app developer, and hopefully he'll be getting back to us soon so we can start. Uh, going over their app. It's an app that I use that I freaking love. So hopefully we can figure out the uh, correspondence with them and get everything set up. And right now I am working on a new indicator, trying to throw a bunch of stuff together, just the whole freaking kitchen sink. But the coding, trying to get a bunch of different indicators and to figure out, you know, where I'm trying to pretty much figure out the optimal buy and sell signals which, you know, doesn't happen because the market doesn't care about my indicator, but I'm trying to get it as close as possible. So right now, keep an eye on the uh, the website for that. I'll have it up as soon as possible. Cool, man. Sounds good. All right. It was good talking with you. I guess I'll see yeah. you later. You too, man. Catch you later. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. So you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.